to Black Chicks Bible Study, where we are reclaiming the Bible one book at a time. The Book of Daniel. What Daniel. a common biblical name. <laughs> Almost eh, too normal a name to be in the Bible. That's true. Yeah. So Daniel was a little bit of a break from the prophets. He's more of a priestly fellow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he still does some kind of prophety things, but yeah. he's uh, more of an interpreter, a wise, smart fellow. Also, during the Babylonian exile, emerged among some of the Israelite exiles as like special among them and responsible for giving hope and direction to his people. It's more about interpreting rather than like predicting the future. It's more like he was a wise man who had a direct line to guide, but a little bit of a different role for mm-hmm. people, I guess. How did you feel reading it? It's a lot shorter, only 12 chapters. Yeah, not too bad. And then I did remember a lot of the stories in it. Yeah. Too. Not a lot, but like more than other. Yep, me too. Books, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're going to keep getting into those now more often now that we're running out of Bible that we have left. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get more biblical stories that have stood the test of time. Like we haven't read about Jonah and the whale yet, right? Mm, have we? No. Or some of these other big Bible stories I feel like are going to come up, but we Mm. do have one or two of them in Daniel. We are actually recording this episode directly after our previous one, so we won't really have testimonies. You'll have to tune in to our next episode to hear the climactic result. (laughs) Hear the the result of our word of faith. How do you think you're going to do on your word of faith? How much faith do you have? Well, I don't know, actually. I'm thinking. um, Because you're going to be working on being less smug and gloaty. I think I won't have time to be as much, so... Because you're going to be doing an active service. You're going to be out of town for a while helping a friend. This is true, so I think that will help. Yeah, keep focus on where it goes because I won't have too much time to be concerned about what's happening with Bo because I am going back home. So if there is time and I do meet up with people, then I'm sure they will tell me all of the gossip. gossip and the... And... So I'll just have to, you know, not be too elated if I hear <laughs> about the people I don't like having bad things happen. Yeah, just keep so. your poker face on. Yep. Oh, we'll interesting. Oh, mm. oh, that's too mm. bad. Oh, mm. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to just take advantage of the extra time and really? only start on my word of faith a couple weeks from now. No, I'm just kidding. I was um, say, no. <laughs> you may take advantage of the time and really focus on nope, it and nope, try nope, extra hard. No, no, no. Anyway, do you want to go into Daniel chapter Let's go 1? In. During the reign of King Jehoiakim in Judah, King Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. We've heard a lot about this. I know. Takeover. Everyone has to talk about Babylon. Yeah, They made an impression, these Babylonians, Mm -hmm. and King Nebuchadnezzar really shook things up. Basically, the king told his palace master to bring the exiles. noble, least physically defective, the most handsome, <laughs> the most wise, the most endowed with knowledge and insight, and have them come serve in the palace, right? Yeah, so I guess you need someone that knows Like, give us your best land. people. Yeah, and how things work. So yeah, he's basically, uh, you know, bring these men and they're going to go to training camp to become... Some of the king's, like, right-hand peoples, I guess. Right, so King Nebuchadnezzar is trying to take these best-of-Israel men to serve him. So Daniel Daniel and his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah 
are selected among them. But within Babylon, they have different names. So these are the names that we should be familiar with. So the palace master gave them the names. So Daniel is now Belteshazzar. Hananiah is Shadrach. Mishael is Meshach. And Azariah is Abednego. So I grew up hearing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of the story that we're going to tell about. I did not know that those were just names they were given Mm -hmm. in Babylon. Like, don't call them by their birth name. Give them whatever names you prefer. Yeah. Happens in the Bible often. Kind of people get renamed. This seemed just so funny that it was like a foreign king being like, nope, these are actually going to be your names. I can't pronounce that, so... Kind of like how slaves got named, you know? Yeah. Um, no, you're Karen. Apparently, Daniel, they were supposed to be given rations from this king, like actual... Food and wine. Royal food and wine. And Daniel was like, no, I don't want to defile myself with that. With mm-hmm. the royal rations. Because it wasn't kosher. So then, like... They did a little test. They did a test, and Daniel, because one of the other guys, too, was also like, yeah, I don't think I want to eat that. So, like, they proposed that they let them go vegetarian for 10 days, basically. I guess they were hesitant to not let them eat because they thought, like, if they weren't eating this, like, you know, hearty meat and potatoes meal, that they would they end up survive. looking like, yeah, scrawny little men. And, of course, the king wants strong, you know, like smart men by his side so like the idea was like i think they thought oh if you're not eating this you're gonna wither away and look yeah this is the royal food yeah but what happened they proved him wrong yeah so for 10 days they eat their vegetarian meals and then at the end of the 10 days daniel and the other guy actually look healthier verse 15 it says at the end of the 10 days they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food so the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead plant-based diet everyone (laughs) it's right here in the bible (laughs) great job daniel Mm -hmm. getting the fun food taken away i know i was like i wonder how (laughs) mad they were they were like great no steak we gotta eat potatoes and carrots mine says Mm -hmm. um they appeared better and fatter Oh, so better, they somehow really? were more well-fed on the non-royal rations. I did really like this, though, because, you know, now that I am also in the... Plant-based lifestyle. Plant-based lifestyle and in the more health-conscious area of work, it's kind of written here, like, what you put in your body really You does, are what you Yeah, eat. like, you know, affect how you are. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see. After that whole experiment, they get their way. They get to eat vegetables in the palace. And then God mm-hmm. makes sure that these four men, Daniel and his friends. So it says in verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom. Daniel also had insight into all visions and dreams. So remember that for later. Yes, yeah. He got a little bonus. special edge. Yeah. Dream interpreter. Mm-hmm. But that's um, nice, I guess, to be chosen, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and for your smarts and your wisdom and stuff like that. Verse 20, in every matter of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. So Babylon had these magician people walking around, but none of them were good as the visionaries from like God's kingdom mm-hmm. in Israel. They were better. Daniel was better. Chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has this weird dream that starts to trouble him. 
So he calls in, you know, his sorcerers, his astrologers, magicians to kind of help him interpret it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he wants them to tell, tell him, him what the what dream, the dream actually was. So he gives them another challenge. He says, you know, come in and interpret this dream. But he also says, you also need to tell me what the dream was. And if you don't, then he's basically going to cut them up and burn their houses down. Yeah, he th- mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. He threatens to, like, you'll be torn limb mm-hmm. from limb and your houses shall be laid in ruins. Like, yeah. if they don't guess what his dream was. And tell him what it means. And tell him what it means. And these magicians, they say twice. They say, like, we can't do this. Let- That's impossible. Yeah, they're like, let the king first tell his servants the dream. Like, please tell us what the dream was and then we can interpret it. So in verse 8, the king answered, I know with certainty that you are trying to to gain time because you see I have firmly decreed if you do not tell me the dream there's but one verdict for you basically like you're just trying to stall for time I already told you if you don't tell me the dream you're gonna be killed and they're like no no one can tell you the dream that's something only a god could do yeah and we're just people like, they literally say no one can reveal it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals like god isn't down here with us like we can't tell you magically and then of course you know him being the rational king he is he gets so pissed off that he's like well then you all just gonna die and uh he for some reason is like you guys are ordered to be executed but also daniel and all those other men his crew they're also condemned to be executed so daniel's kind of like what the hell you know like why is he acting so crazy right now He goes to the king himself and asks him for some time, you know, kind of bargaining, like, give me some time and I'll figure it out type thing. And the king obliges. He goes back with his friend and they all kind of pray mm-hmm. to God to trying to figure out. At this point, they're like, think they're going to die if they don't get the answer. So they're praying to God, like, God, please tell us what this dream is, you know. And then God actually... Tell so Daniel. <laughs> Daniel goes back to Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar is like, are you able to tell me now? I gave you time. Like, can you tell me? And he's like, no wise men. This is um, in verse 27. Daniel answered the king, no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or diviners can show to the king the mystery that the king is asking. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has disclosed to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen at the end of days. He's saying at the same time, like, nobody on earth can tell you what you're looking for, but God knows. Like, it's so um, complicated, because mm. on one hand, he's like, none of us are capable of divining but what God. This is a secret, but God, he's but, uh, he telling the secret. Yeah, yeah, he let me in on it. He let me in on it. Mm-hmm. So he told Nebuchadnezzar what he actually dreamt and what it meant. But he also says in verse 30, but as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me because of any wisdom that I have more than any other living being, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. It's so it's like, yeah, it's him humble. taking a place of humility of like, this isn't coming from my brain. It's Just not because I'm, I'm so yeah. wise. Like mm-hmm. God is revealing this. So maybe like their magicians and their diviners are relying on their own capabilities. And Daniel's like, no, our God is different. Like we have the actual mm-hmm. God and he's telling me. Because he knows But it's all. not about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the dream basically was just about a statue, like this big statue. And then out of nowhere, some rock comes and smashes the statue's feet. And the statue crumbles and gets blown out. In the wind. So I guess the dream was representative of how Nebuchadnezzar, he's like the head of the statue, I guess, and he's the ruler 
over everything and you know but uh, he's gonna be cut down yeah basically basically, there's other kingdoms that are gonna come in and take over and then they're gonna be divided and the stone that's coming in to smash them is gonna be another kingdom that's gonna be like a great kingdom that's never gonna be destroyed right daniel's referring to this as a revelation of what will happen at the end of days so this is supposed to be kind of an apocalyptic vision. The image is um, in some distant future. Um, you're going to be cut down. Nebuchadnezzar is impressed, huh? He he's falls like, down and worships Daniel. It's like, wow, yeah, because he could do with none of the other men that have been in the camp way longer and are more trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's new, and he comes in and he, you know, does what none of them can do. The king appoints him to... You know, a high position. He's like the head of all the wise men in the palace. And because he's a good friend, he's like, yo, can my peeps get, you know. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Yeah, Abednego. Get some good positions too. <laughs> That's what you do. Take care of your own, you know. And so they get, you know, placed in some nice high positions as well. Uh-huh. I'm sure Daniel did not appreciate it while Nebuchadnezzar was like prostrating himself and giving him gifts and incense and treating him like a god. I'm sure he was very humble about that. And he was just like, look, I'll be your king of wise men if you just let my friends come. And then Mm -hmm. chapter three, we go into a golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar built. A statue, very tall statue to be standing up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So majestic that he wants to like have a dedication for the statue where all the people come and marvel at how great it is bow down to it worship it and he says if they don't worship it and you know say how great it is that he's gonna throw them into a burning furnace it really got under his skin that god was that powerful to give the vision to someone who didn't come from his land um but he worshiped him so i would think okay yeah he was start answering to him Basically, because the statue is built and being set up, like, they're going to sound an alarm, like, blow these horns. All the people, all the nations around are supposed to fall down and worship the golden statue. But someone snitched. Yeah, someone rats out and points out that Daniel's friends, three guys, aren't following the rules. They didn't bow down. They tell Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. So he's, of course, like, what? Let me confront them. And he's like, you know, I'll give you one more chance, basically, to do what, you know, I've decreed. And they're like, nope, we're not going to do it. And he's like, all right, well, to the fire you go. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tell Nebuchadnezzar in verse 16, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. So even if their God doesn't save them from the fire, they're like, we're still not going to bow down to your statue. Faithfulness. Yeah, I was going to say, they believe in something else. Yeah. Hold on to your principles. So the fiery furnace. um, Mm. I like how it says that Nebuchadnezzar sets the fire seven times hotter than usual. Usually it's a thousand degrees. Today it'll be 7,000 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Like, light it. Yeah, because of that, though, the guards that were supposed to, you know, bring... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fire, they end up getting burned by the flames of the fire because it's just, just placing so hot. that in. Yeah, yeah these so other men are burned alive. Hot. Right. And so they get burned alive, and then those three just end up falling into the furnace, I guess. 
Was Daniel with them? No, Daniel's not it's in just, involved. It's just those three guys. Just his three buddies. They are not burned by the fire. But they fall in, though. They They're fall like, in. They're, like, all tied or something. They were all tied. And, like, yes. those guards were supposed to push them in, but the guards died before. Yeah. But they still fell in the, mm-hmm. the furnace. At some point, Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fire, and he actually sees four people mm-hmm. in the fire. And he's like, what the heck? And he says, the fourth one looks like a son of God. It's an angel. Verse 25, he says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Yep. So, like, he sees them in there, and they're not, like, tied up and burning. So he's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So he calls them over, and they come over, and it says, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And then Nebuchadnezzar in verse 28 said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. So he's admiring that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that utters blasphemy against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. He loves tearing people limb Mm -hmm. from limb. And their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other god who is able to deliver in this way. So he's giving props, which is nice. Let's see if he goes back on it. But right now he's saying these men were saved by an angel i saw like i, I seen, seen it, it. <laughs> i seen eyes. it yeah. and um so they're gonna be in charge like their cool. god is in charge now mm-hmm. and so he promoted them in the province of babylon did you ever watch um veggie tales mm-hmm. this is my favorite episode of that I show remember that one but this is the one i remember most is mm. this story of being in the fire it. i think it's on netflix now that was a good show yeah, a lot of like not good they were great a lot of non-christian people watch it too when you think about how violent this story is so <laughs> funny that that children's show like depicted it but they always mm-hmm. did a good job of doing it in a you know child friendly way, way. These were among the most wise people that he had just appointed. And now he's like, throw them in the fire. Mm. Oh, wait, they didn't burn? Okay, now their guard. <laughs> yeah, their god is in charge now. Like, So he's very up and down, this Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. And then in chapter four, he has another dream that for some reason this time he promises to tell daniel what the dream was and then have it interpreted like why wouldn't he just repeat the trick of having daniel tell, tell him, him the, dream? the dream yeah but mm-hmm. he ratchets down he for the second dream dreams and he wanted to make sure yeah this, the was specific the, this is one. the one i really need an answer for this one so this dream was about a big massive tree mm-hmm. and it was growing so big all over the earth uh it was so lush and huge that everybody ate from it all the creatures were eaten and it gave life to a lot of things and then all of a sudden somebody appears and basically is like tells him to cut down the branches but let the stump remain which is familiar imagery mm-hmm. always a remaining stump to be right yeah there's, there's grown from then daniel interprets this dream and he says that the tree is representative of nebuchadnezzar you know because right now i guess babylon's super rich and successful and so they have like a lot of dominion over stuff nebuchadnezzar is like basically the tree represents him and the reason that the branches are being cut down is because like nebuchadnezzar is kind of getting a little too big for his branches and he's getting like a little bit 
too big of an ego mm-hmm. and kind of boasting about how he's, you know, responsible for, you know, how things are and like how the kingdom is so, you know, great and mm-hmm. like they're so successful because Your greatness of him. has increased and reaches to heaven, your sovereignty to the ends of the earth. So like basically Daniel's like, yeah, you're going to get cut down, be humbled a little bit, but the stump is still in place signifying that like even once you get like Knock down a few notches. Be humbled and go be among the wildlife. Yeah, be among the wildlife, exactly. And so, like, once, you know, that happens, though, he's saying that the stump represents Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom and everything. He's But, like, it's still going to be there when yeah. the time comes for him to, to come back. Yeah. That's so funny because mm-hmm. the first dream and the second dream kind of represented King Nebuchadnezzar and his empire. The first dream, he's like, you're the bronze head. And now he's like, you're the tree. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be cut down. Cut you're going to be cut down again. You're going to be smashed. It's like, so funny because, yeah. of course, this egotistical king would only be dreaming about himself and his mm. empire. So, what <laughs> other interpretation could there be? True. And then the interpreter, even if it weren't about him, could flatter him and be like, this dream was about, about you. you. but also you're gonna be cut down so there's like a humbling um reality check self-fulfilling prophecy or what right but he does kind of doesn't he go into that yeah he then does go right yeah he's with the wild animals i guess so he went like a madman and all disheveled and Mm -hmm. yeah wild man living living with animals quite a humbling experience for him i you know, going from most high, you know, royalty to Nothing. living in the wild. <laughs> hmm And he had no choice but to worship God. hmm I liked verse 35. Mm-hmm. It says, all the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Yeah. Talking about God. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. can question it. He's clearly got all the power. And it's like a reminder, a swift reminder, like all the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. Like we one think of our, we're so important. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite themes mm-hmm. or images or motifs or repeating things in the Bible is like a king being brought down, cut down to size. And this mm-hmm. is the ultimate image of like king of his empire, King Nebuchadnezzar of the powerful Babylon being like a mad, homeless, crazy man on the street. Mm-hmm. Doing it because he was told that was what his dream meant and the people complied and drove him out and that was what he needed to To really be humbled yeah god is yes and how low he is yeah (laughs) which is god's favorite thing to teach anyone ever Mm -hmm. it's really the only lesson (laughs) yeah that's really the only lesson we get over and over and over chapter five Belshazzar has a feast and King Belshazzar is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. So maybe mm-hmm. when Nebuchadnezzar went away, his son had to like step in and be king. Yeah, he's um mm-hmm. drunk and drinking with his friends. Um and whores. <laughs> he's got his lords, his wives, and his concubines. Imagine like <laughs> These kings, all their wives and concubines together. I always want to hear more about the women in these stories. Mm. And I just like to picture that they were all, all the women were living in harmony. If the Mm. wives and the concubines can sit together and drink, how about the male enemies have Mm. that same energy? But no. But um, I love this image of like him and then all his people and his wives and concubines. Mm -hmm. And they're all drinking Mm -hmm. and they're drinking out of these containers that were taken from the holy temple in Jerusalem. Basically like enjoying their spoils of yeah, war trying to drink in opulence They're yeah like, we've taken finest. yeah like uh, these yeah. people's stuff mm-hmm. and we're drinking with it 
as they're drinking, though, then they start worshiping and praising and talking to other gods. The ones that are made of gold and silver and bronze uh-huh. and wood and all that. Yep. While and drinking out of Yahweh's containers. So as that's happening, all of a sudden there's this human finger that disappears and starts writing on a wall near where they're all, you know, drinking and talking and being merry. Which, of course, creeps Belshazzar the hell out. He's like, what the yeah, this, frick? Yeah, this know? hand writing on a wall. Like, the heading mm-hmm. in my Bible in this chapter literally mm-hmm. says the writing on the wall. That's what mine said, too. I was like, Destiny's Child? Is this where... <laughs> yeah. <I was laughs> but is like, this where our mm-hmm. phrase originates from? Because it really Maybe. is. Like, this is the writing on the wall. They basically get this foreboding thing written on the wall that, mm-hmm. for some reason, they can't read, and they have to bring Daniel in to interpret. Like, I guess it's, it's written it's another in symbols, language, maybe. A mystery yeah. language. So, yeah, no one can interpret it. And so that makes him even more scared because, you know, his people, he's got his magicians and sorcerers, I guess, and none of them know what's happening either. Yeah. You know, it causes quite a commotion, so much so that the queen hears it. And so she comes in and she's like suggesting to him, you know, what about that guy, Daniel? Isn't he like, you should call him up and yeah. maybe he can like, you know, help It was you her out. idea. Mm-hmm. She told him to bring in Daniel. Daniel was bought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence and outstanding wisdom. I would love to be like introduced, like someone just meet me. Are you the India that I heard Your about? Your reputation for? precedes you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I also thought it was funny though because shouldn't he know who Daniel is? Like if uh, Daniel was that like if his father hot, literally yeah, worshipped like, him, shouldn't you know? Yeah, I was also yeah. kind of like, how soon they forget? Like <laughs> this sounds like a spoiled son who's probably out partying when all that happened before, and now he's just in he's there like, partying again, right? Um, but it's funny that he offers. He tells Daniel, if you interpret this correctly, you shall be clothed in purple, you know, the royal color, have a chain of gold around your neck and rank third in the kingdom. And Daniel in verse 17 answers, let your gifts be for yourself or give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and let him know the interpretation. Keep your petty shit. Yeah, keep your gifts. (laughs) Keep keep your payment. I don't care. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it. Money. And then, uh, oh, he talks about how Nebuchadnezzar had his humbling experience. Which yeah, led he's him like, don't you remember your father had to be stricken down to have... Yeah, to appreciate God. And he's, like, reminding him, like, all of that, but you haven't, like, had learned that. from that. Like, you aren't falling in line with everything that your dad stood for. So basically, that's why this is happening. Like, you're not acting right. So apparently the inscription on the wall, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. This is in verse 24, 25. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Basically just a message of doom and condemnation. Your kingdom is coming to an end. You don't measure up. Your kingdom is being given over to the Persians. Like, it's just a warning. Does yours have the mene, mene, tekel? Mene, mene, tekel, and parson. These, like, code words that mean... Like, each word is a concept of, like, God has numbered your days. God has weighed you and found you wanting. King Bel- Belshazzar gives... Slain, well, right? first he gives the command for Daniel to be clothed in purple. Oh, yeah, he have follows his through. He's like, yeah, you could just... Uh, and that he should rank third in the kingdom. Then Daniel immediately forgets that he turned it down. He's like, okay, I'll take it. And then that very night, he's killed. Mm-hmm. And then we get Darius, the Mede. So Belshazzar didn't even get the chance to be, like... 
let me worship your God. Like, he didn't really get to repent and change his ways. He was just stricken down. Because, like, he had the added responsibility of, like, you didn't learn from what your father went through. Like, Mm -hmm. you should have seen that happen and learned from it. But, no, you were too busy with your wives and concubines. So drinking your fancy wine from your fancy chalice. Yep. Then chapter six. So by this point, I guess Daniel's getting pretty popular, and people are like, he's so smart and loving him. So of course, haters gonna hate, and other people who are like in the court or in the royal uh, rankings start getting jealous. They come up with a plan. To try to tarnish his reputation. Mm-hmm. Basically, they know that Daniel is so faithful to his God and like in his ways and practices. Mm -hmm. So like what they come up with is this scheme to get the king to sign a decree that like no one is able to worship anyone else besides the king for the next 30 days. So they can only pray to the king. They're not supposed to be praying to other gods or doing anything in line with these other deities. They go to the king and present this. And of course, being an egomaniac king, he's like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Where do I sign? Uh-huh. Like, you know. Yeah, King Darius <laughs> signed it with no problem. He's like, yeah, they're not allowed to worship any human or supernatural god. Like, no type of other thing but me for 30 mm-hmm. days. But then 30 days happens, but Daniel's still conducting his normal rituals and praying as he normally does. Yeah, he knew that the document, like, the decree had been signed, but he did not care. He just went to his house and kept praying toward Jerusalem three times a day. I wonder if that was one of the many regulations and decrees at the time for the people of God, because I think of that now, and I think of a Muslim praying five times a day toward Mecca. Mm -hmm. So he's praying three times a day toward Jerusalem. Mm Mm-hmm. Does he get in trouble for that, maybe? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, people be spying. They knew he was going to do it. So they were like, oh, I see you. You know, so of course, they go tattletale. And the king is furious because, you know, you don't disobey the king. Darius basically orders uh, Daniel to go into the lion's den because that was the punishment. Anyone who didn't follow this decree was going to be sent to the lion's den. Yep. So he sends Daniel to the lion's den. But the funny thing about it is that he feels bad about it. As soon as he sends him in, it's like, so 17, it says, A stone was bought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being bought to him, and he could not sleep. And then it says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Verse 14, when the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel. And until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue Mm -hmm. him. He wanted him to be punished, maybe, but not that. Not to death, Not that extreme. They all knew that Daniel was like, good. You know, at this point, he's been solid. He's been the one that can interpret things. He's smart. He was, like, upset because he's like, what did I just do to this, like, good? Like, he Mm. knew that, like, this wasn't really something that should be punishable by... By death. Yeah, by lions. By lions. Yeah, so I think... Well, he's a better man than the previous kings who actively tried to kill him. (laughs) I think he genuinely wanted to make sure he was okay. I just hate (laughs) that, like, he should be so in charge that he can stop this from happening. Well, he signed the paper. But the people are like, no, you literally... Yeah, they're like, Mm -hmm. no, you signed this. This is happening. Mm -hmm. And even the king can't stop it exactly. um but guess who can god god can. of israel <laughs> 
So in verse 21, when asked frantically if he survived, Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no wrong. Then the king gives the command. Get him out of there. So Daniel is down there. This is Definitely a familiar Bible story, I guess. I wasn't thinking of the imagery before while reading it, but yeah, the image of all the lions, like, not hungry, not opening their mouths. Daniel walks out scot-free, but then the people who snitched on Daniel are brought and thrown into the den of lions. Their children and their wives, and they're eaten before they even hit the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know these were real, like... Like the gladiators you're talking about? Yeah, and people being thrown to actual lions. Mm-hmm. That's so That's nuts. That's the, the phrase, right? Thrown, thrown into the lions. Lions. <laughs> Get thrown into the lions. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Limb from limb, mm-hmm. eaten alive. Among your family, your husband and children. Mm-hmm. Darius says, well, you know, that God is indeed a mighty God. He's like giving props. I like that these kings are giving props where... Props are due. Her props are due. And then at the end of the chapter, verse 28 in chapter 6, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So even after Darius into Cyrus, he was um, protected and prospered. And then in 7, we get into some visions, um, Mm -hmm. like a dream that Daniel has now. um, And he wrote it down. So he saw visions of four great beasts. The first one was a lion that had wings like an eagle. And the second was a bear that had three ribs in its teeth. There was a leopard that had four wings and four heads. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth was a creature with iron teeth and ten horns that trampled over its victims. And then uh, as it was trampling over its victims, another horn grew out of this creature and that horn had an eye on it. Daniel was very troubled by this imagery. He was very terrified. The last creature is like boastful and basically like speaking i guess there's like this whatever this is all these creatures are ruling some kind of land i guess Mm -hmm. and so this last creature the one with the horns, fourth king four kingdoms yeah Mm -hmm. he's talking and being boastful and speaking as daniel's watching you know him talk to these other animals and then all of a sudden that creature gets slain and his body's in a fire after that there's this image of the son of man, I guess a mortal coming from the clouds of heaven. You know, each of those creatures represented a kingdom that at some point is going to rule. Yeah. And that big creature is like the last kingdom that's basically a different kind of beast. I guess the ten horns represent ten kings that it's going to have. And then that other horn that grew out of it is going to be another king that comes after that. And he's going to be just, I guess, like the worst kind of king ever and like worse than all the previous ones and oppress all the people. I guess that's not going to last long because that creature ended up getting slain and thrown in the fire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they call the fourth beast different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying. So yeah, and then it ended up being trampled. Yeah. Are these like, these kingdom allegories and the different beasts, all they're really saying is like, a kingdom will rise, a kingdom will fall. Like every beast they see is representing some land or territory or some kingdom dying. But the land represented is... This one's terrifying. Ghastly and yeah. terrifying. They're monsters, mm-hmm. literal. Like Babylon monsters. would have 20 horns, probably. Yeah. And then he has a vision of a ram and a goat in chapter 8. Mm-hmm. And it's about the end times. Daniel ends up interpreting it as it being a vision 
for the time of the end. They're starting to become obsessed with the end times. Mm -hmm. Which, who knows what that means to them. And then we get the angel Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Gabriel, the angel. I guess while he's having this vision, he's kind of confused himself. So then Gabriel comes down to kind of help him. him. (laughs) Yeah, figure out what it all means. He's the one revealing that it's about the end times. Then he says the two horns on the ram are Medea and Persia. The goat is Greece. And then the four horns that are on this goat represent four kingdoms that are going to come out of Greece. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the horns, too. Like, there were those four horns. And then, like, one of the horns also grew another little horn. Uh (laughs) And apparently that Uh little uh horn uh is supposed to be a really wicked king that's going to rise to power. Uh, But he's going to do great evil, but he is going to be destroyed, just not by the hands of humans, apparently. Right. That's what Gabriel tells him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Daniel hears all this, and he's kind of in a trance, had his face to the ground, and then Gabriel had to touch him and bring him up to his feet to hear hear the rest of it, because he's so, like, overwhelmed. Yeah, Yeah, imagine an angel came and touched you and told you everything that all of your premonitions Mm -hmm. are gonna materialize. It says, um, as for you, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. Yeah, no kidding. Many, many days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been many days. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. So I, Daniel, this is verse 27. So I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I arose and went about the king's business. But I was dismayed by the vision and did not understand it. So even after that angelic revelation, he had to contend with his own. Because sometimes I guess like if you have a dream or a revelation or some epiphany, I could see how even if you have some kind of divine revelation of what that is, like you like we're saying in another episode reality can like knock you off your feet or you might not want to hear it so maybe this was such a revelation that even daniel wise man of all wise yeah he's like this is too much i'm sick in bed for a couple days like uh, i can't handle this knowledge you know then maybe visually too Disturbing. Oh, hell yeah. That would be like, disturbing. What the hell did I just witness? Is it mushrooms again or is it purely? <laughs> yeah, they're just so much more connected to the source. <laughs> I don't want to live back in this time. That would have been horrific for us. But at the same time, I'm like, they were maybe a little closer. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> a little better. A little. They were more tapped into some kind of spiritual source they didn't have to meditate for their third eye to be yeah they didn't have to fight so hard to get these revelations (laughs) seems like more abundant but at the same time i was thinking in one episode where i was talking about how come the ecclesiastical guy can just rant about everything being meaningless but then these prophets they get to really like they say all these messages from god and that's not arrogant that they're Mm. talking for god and you're like no that's science it just is science Mm. and i'm like on one hand that is true because these revelations that get passed down or get like, it's almost like the scientific method. The only ones we're reading about, like these hypotheses are the ones that like came true in some way, enough for them to like preserve what was said. It is some kind of scientific like method. So now maybe our insight and knowledge were closer to the source, but I like to think that their magic and stuff mm. was 
closer in some way, even though I mean, our advancement is the same distance away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our like divination and our science and our methods of revelation are neither closer or farther. Yeah, maybe it's just different. We're not more evolved or maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like we're more evolved, but in some ways we're not connected at all to this like, right. Yeah. Um, chapter nine. So Daniel was reading about, I guess, Jeremiah's prophecy about mm-hmm. how Jerusalem was going to be mm-hmm. destroyed. After reading that, he felt that it was his duty to start fasting, I guess, and get into the mode of like getting prepared for this terrible fall that's about to happen. So he starts fasting and puts on a sackcloth. And I guess this is where the Daniel fast comes from because he didn't oh, eat any meat. Oh, Daniel fast. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he divine from reading what Jeremiah said that it would be 70 years before? Yeah, 70 years. The desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Yeah, he's he's really pleading for the people to God. Ask God to show some kind of mercy for all their sins. And it's this long prayer where he basically is acknowledging, you know, the Jews have been sinning all this time. He's just like, basically like, sorry, have mercy on us. Yeah, and yeah. he's almost like guilting, not guilting God, but he's trying to tell God, like, we're so ashamed. He calls it open shame in my Bible. Mm. Open shame falls on us, our kings, our officials, our ancestors, because we have sinned against you. Like, aren't we ashamed enough? Mm-hmm. You know, like, have mercy. Right. Um, you have like mercy we and forgiveness. <laughs> We've rebelled, but we're so ashamed. And isn't that punishment enough? During this prayer, Gabriel shows up again. And Gabriel tells him that God has decreed that Jerusalem will remain desolate for these 70 weeks. 70 weeks. And it's because they need to atone for their sins. What is with the number 70? And then it said 70 of seven days. It was like seven, seven days. Maybe this is where we get the God's number thing. Did you grow up knowing the God's number is seven? And then Mm -hmm. Satan is six? Mm -hmm. Why are they so close together, first of all? Right next to each other. Nice and cozy. And have the same headquarters, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they used to basically be one. Mm-hmm. And still, we thought at one point when Satan was even referred to, we're like, okay, all right, maybe Satan is coming in. And even in Job, mm. all right, now we're split. And God isn't just responsible for everything anymore. It's like God and Satan. But now it's almost like we're jumping back because we're reading all these stories from before the wisdom books of Psalms and Proverbs and all those. Like, we took a break. And now we're going back and... Maybe that's why we don't see Satan referred to like we did in Job. And, Hmm. you know, like God is now responsible again for Hmm. all of this. Chapter 10. Daniel mourns for three weeks because he had no rich food, no meat or wine. Yeah. For three weeks. Only had those vegetables, probably. He's no lotion, apparently. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Terrible. Ashy Daniel. (laughs) And then there's some vision, a man clothed in linen with a belt of gold. His body is like barrel, his face like lightning. So like a shining, bright vision of a man. Is that Jesus? Nobody has brought up <laughs> Jesus yet. They just keep using terms. Oh, well, man in linen. <laughs> he was the only he one who wore linen. <laughs> yeah, hello. Um, and then in verse 7, <laughs> I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. The people who were with me did not see the vision, though a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled and hid themselves. I kind of like that. Like, they all felt this earthquake of activity. Even though they didn't But see only it. he could see the vision of the man. The man spoke to Daniel, and basically he says he was, like, locked up at some point in the Persian kingdom. 
I don't know who this man is, but apparently this guy's <laughs> trying to fight Persia, and he tells Daniel that he was locked up in the Persian kingdom until some other guy named Michael helped him get out. He's talking about him like a prince, but is he a heavenly prince? Like, what is he? You right. Know? There's a lot these? of liberal use of the word prince. And I like verse 12, this man is speaking to Daniel. He's like, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. I wish I had something that was so in my mind that I want, you know, that it was just like there on my heart that people would be like, you know, ever since you were born, you really wanted to do this. So you I'm had this mission you. on your heart. Yeah. So I'll help you carry help it out. Don't be scared. Like, I got you. Aww. Like, I thought that was nice because, yeah, apparently, you know, I mean, I would be scared too. Yeah. But yeah, Daniel was, you know, scared of this, you know, apparition. And of course. He does seem to have this burden of like, I don't know if he ever asked it this way in here, but just being like, why me? Like, I'm, you know, imagine having to bear all of that revelation. Right. Just the burden of being the wisest man and the most woke and the most, like, the most enlightened. <laughs> um, that is weighing heavily on him. So if something can, like, a vision can make him sick for days or mm, drain him of his strength lot. or, yeah, but maybe this is Daniel just martyring himself and That's who he knows? wrote this. He had to be like, oh, I'll trust was... none of these men, oh. to be honest. A lot of these are humble, great men. Like, Daniel seems like a fine enough guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might be playing it up a little bit. Like, and then I saw this vision oh. and then I was sick I had to for be bedridden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my power's drained. <laughs> I mean, oh. But even if so it's like all right fair enough you can describe it however you like as long as you help the people and did the right, right thing you know exactly it's emotionally exhausting doing you know the work it of the is people. and we should know we do this podcast mm-hmm. is this podcast fun no is it <laughs> is it good no but we do it for you it <laughs> we do it for you i think it's great <laughs> not always gonna be great news or easy to hear or pleasurable to listen to but we do it for the people for the people you know like <laughs> Yeah. This is what we were called to do, and that is the mission. After our heart. this, I'm going to sleep for three days and come back with more <laughs> great wisdom for you, later. Literally, yeah. <laughs> All I care about is this podcast. Where <sighs> we have to bring you the wisdom. And then in chapter eleven, what is Daniel telling the people about the three kings arising in Persia? Mm-hmm. So there's more talk of these Persian kings, and the last one's going to be richer than all of the kings. And I don't know if this is. Uh, the same person they were talking about before and all these Jesus? other. No. <laughs> you know. We're so desperate for Jesus. Are we're like coming? Yeah, when are, are you coming? coming? Please come back. Look at what your world has done. Come destroy it like you promised. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if this is the same, you know, because they mm-hmm. mentioned before about, you know, a king that was going to be worse than all the rest too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of talk about the North and the South. And what realm is going to rule over the other? The king of the south shall grow strong, but one of his officers shall grow stronger, and then he shall rule a realm. All these guys just talking about which man is going to win which fight, and what vision told them. And then how a daughter is going to be used as a pawn to Mm, try to... Great, wonderful. You know, be a political pawn and fight some peace. But guess what? It's not going to work, and she's just going to die. Yep. I did like in 35, some of the wise shall fall so that they may be refined, purified, and cleansed until the time of the end, for there is still an interval until the time appointed. Some of the wise shall fall. So some of the people are among the wise and maybe the righteous, 
so that they may be refined, purified, and cleansed. So it's like this idea of among all this warfare ruin, um, people falling by sword and flame. It's not just like karma, or it's not just like you deserve this, or you're wicked. It's like, you're going to have to suffer almost like how Daniel is suffering himself. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do anything wrong, but he's being thrown Mm -hmm. into like (laughs) lion's dens. His friends Mm -hmm. are being thrown into fires. Like he's being drained and made sick. And he's a wise man. He's not bad. This is not like bad karma. And he's surviving this stuff, but he's being refined and purified and whatnot. Chapter 12, the final chapter is about the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, they say there's going to be this book, right, Mm -hmm. where they're going to write down all the names of the people who are to be saved, I guess. I wonder if this book exists and if my name is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I think so. I think it's the only name name in the book, actually. Yeah, and it's definitely referring (laughs) to you, the only person in the history of the world with your name. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be mm. delivered. So okay, everyone so in that book is, where is we get, be saved. This is where we get the book of life thing. Book of life, like your name should be written in the book. I feel like there's songs written about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. And if you're not in there, you're not going to be saved. You go to hell. Mm. So what am I trying for? Let me describe the book and see if I'm in there. There must be like disappearing ink or something. Because like, what if you send yourself to hell after getting your name put in there? You're not safe. Oh, right. Yeah, I haven't heard about the book of life. What did you think? What can you take away from it? Stay humble, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like uh, as I was reading it, I was already thinking about what I was going to take away from it. Mm. And that was kind of my thing. But it's also hard because it's like, where the, the line, like, I don't know, it's a fine line between giving yourself credit for like hard work and stuff and guess and then being like you know crossing like where does that like why when does god say nope this is all because of me like you know like i feel like i was thinking too like a lot of times when you know you watch award shows and stuff they're always saying because none god. of this would be possible without god like the yeah first time, i do think like i should be maybe a little more thankful i guess maybe sometimes more gratitude more gratitude a little bit just you know like Say I have the world record for fastest, you know, 50 meter sprint, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got up every day and went to practice. Yes, I stayed longer than everyone else. But guess what? Someone gave me legs. Like, there are people born who can't run at all. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, and I, like, the fact that I'm born with the ability to do that, like, has I didn't come up, like, I didn't create myself in the womb and be like, you're going to have all your limbs. You're going yeah. to have a healthy heart. You're going to... Be born in a first world country. Yeah, all this stuff that I had no, like, you know? So I yeah. think maybe that'll kind of be my train of thought is just being a little bit, not that I don't, I think I'm like an egotistical person. I'm always like, oh, I'm so But it grand, is easy to like, slip out of gratitude. Yeah. I and feel, yeah, exactly. Not entitled, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, just because I've been this way my whole life, it's like, okay, like, doesn't have to be the status quo. You're not yeah. guaranteed it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm an able-bodied person at this moment, but at any moment, I could be a not able-bodied person. I think about that all mm-hmm. the time. Every time I'm feeling down or ungrateful, which is every day, I'll think, at least I have my legs. And yeah. then for, like, five minutes, I feel great. But, right. like, yeah, it's, it's hard like, to imagine not. Like, exactly. what you have, it's hard to imagine not, not having, having it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really great reminder mm-hmm. to just check in. Gratitude every yeah. day. And I, and I want to do that before, you know, just getting knocked 
off my ass, I'd rather. To <laughs> 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 myself, so I get knocked down by God and be like, oh, bitch, you think you're so Before cool. life levels you even more. Because <laughs> that's like the secret, having gratitude. Uh-huh. Wasn't it in Jeremiah or something? Uh-huh. Like, give thanks now, have hope in the Lord yeah, now, like, have that gratitude now, because yeah. soon it'll be taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's the more gratitude you. and positivity we have, the more we can build on that. And then I feel like it's just a practice that it just becomes easy, you know, when you're grateful you feel for the little things too. Than every- because if you think about it, I don't know, that's why I love babies, because everything just yeah. makes, they're so happy about everything. So it's like, you know, I want to have that, like, appreciation for things in general I think I'm pretty appreciative of stuff but you yeah. can always have more you know what I mean you can mm-hmm. always be more thankful so it's hard for this book for me to think of something but I think one thing that I like I'm already kind of do this to my detriment a little too much which is like whatever the status quo is I'll balk at it or try to go the other direction just so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to be like the one who goes off and does the other thing and says John Goodman's so high <laughs> no. yeah but I need to do it in a way that benefits me I've been thinking lately about how the status quo of my life or I get into certain habits and grooves that maybe I need to um, change up a little bit so like if I think about Daniel there's a decree that has been signed, but no, I'm going to keep doing my thing that is in opposition to what the rest of the country is doing. Like him making those little decisions to like follow a vision or ruling his own life. Yeah. Ruling his own life. Basically. Like Mm -hmm. I want to have a wisdom continue to feel like I'm tapping into a wisdom higher than the status quo of LA Mm -hmm. and California and America and the world. Like, like you have your ritual that you do. Exactly. Whether or not it's happening. Like this is what I need to, yeah but I need to lean more into that because my habits are still kind of like not productive or helpful over time like if I'm gonna be antisocial, I should be antisocial because I have my head buried at all times creating something I guess I mean just contribute something to society or have that in mind of like what am I giving so then maybe if I'm gonna be a hermit like do it in the right way be creating something at all times if I'm gonna be antisocial like I have all this command over my time like one day let me take a train to San Diego just because Mm -hmm. like I keep thinking month after month like I want to go to San Diego like why am I not doing yeah so it's almost like the right thing to do while you can too you know most people aren't just fashioning their days the way they want them or whatever so maybe that's like how I'm boiling it down be more of a free thinker in a way that helps me live life more and be happier this book is helping out my feminism a lot because I'm like, damn, I was brought up with a male mm. god. Woo! This is intense. Like, Woo! And we're, <laughs> and, how, and we're supposed to be believing that God is everything and God is neither male or female, but like definitely male in this book. <laughs> so if I'm tapped into the source and really trying to follow the way of life, let me be more of a woman. Like, let me do my thing. Yeah, take pride in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll think of other things, I'm sure, to shake up my routine a little bit. Anyway, we'll be back. Oh, yeah, rate and review us on iTunes and stick around, and we'll come back with Hosea and two Sabbaths on Black Chicks Bible Study. Study.